You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Absolutely, and I think you hit on the essence of of what we're trying to do, which first and foremost, it's centered around a fishery. So a stream, a river, whatever it might be, it could be still water, but it's ultimately focused on the fishery, a place that you go to and you want to do better at, or a place that you want to go to and you're preparing to go to. So it's about the fishery first. And that's almost, I think it was like the organizing principle for the knowledge. And then from there, it's that classic rundown of the kind of things that I think any fly angler wants to know so they can have more success, which is where to fish it, how to fish it, when to fish it, um, and seasonal nuances, you know, key flies that work. So we are, to your point, specific to the fishery. And I would say if you would kind of peek inside of a playbook and each of the gurus have creative license to express themselves however they want. It's their playbook. You know, they're the star of the show. It's their content. But we kind of jump started with a template that really just lays things out, you know, for folks, you know, versus here's a playbook on Euro nymphing. That's great stuff. That's important. There's tremendous content out there in the world around that. That might be a nice link out from within the playbook when you dig down on a certain technique that works at a certain time of year or based on water conditions. So for us, I think you nailed the, hit the nail on the head. It's about the fishery first, and then it's that really break breakdown. We think of it literally like a playbook. Like, go run this set of plays, and then I'll just kind of add that this is a – I'm – a, a bit of a systems thinker myself, just kind of get in the software and technology and, and business process space. Um, fly fishing to me is is absolutely art, but there is a real science to it, and it's an if this then that kind of a kind of a sport. You know, if water conditions and weather are this, then do this, and that's my view of it. It's just you know my perspective. We've tried to personify that and bring that to bear and what we're doing with Ketcha, but I, 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 I believe there's something there. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Hey everyone, this is Nate from theflycrate.com. I just wanted to thank you again for listening to the podcast and want to let you know about our new membership option called the Mix and Match subscription. This is for people who don't want us to hand curate a selection of flies for you, but you would rather choose 100% of what you receive each and every month. For $19.95 a month, you will receive $30 of the Fly Crate store credit. So you're getting for $19.95, 30 to spend on our site, and you will be able to choose 100% of what you want and each and every month you'll receive those flies or it will, you know, it will roll over in a crew. So if you don't spend that money, that $30 credit, it just keeps building up. You rack up the credit and about, you know, if you don't spend the 30 bucks for three months, now you have $90 of store credit that you can just use on a one-time purchase or however you want to do it on your purchase whenever you need it. But there's a great way to pick exactly what you want and save money on the fly crate without having to worry about the commitment. All right, so this is the Mix and Match membership. Just go to our website, theflycrate.com, and navigate to our homepage, and you'll see a, a selection there that says $30 Fly Crate credit. Just select that option and navigate through to your hard-earned money, and this gives you more for 
more for your buck. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Thanks for tuning in this time around. We really appreciate it. We are going to head out to Zionsville, Indiana. We've got Dan Moyers on the line from Katcha. Now, he's up to some pretty exciting things. Surefire way to improve your fly fishing with some stream playbooks, get some intimate knowledge of streams in, well, just about anywhere. Hey, Dan, thanks so much for coming on the program. Appreciate it. Hey, great, Mark. Happy to be here and uh, real honor to be on and congrats with all your success with the podcast so far. Hey, I, I really appreciate that. We're, we're going to get into uh, all the good things you're up to with Katya. First, I want to take it back to your roots. Let's think back a few years and, and how did you come to discover fly fish and walk us down that journey for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'll probably best to break it up going way back into into my youth where I first was introduced to fishing in the traditional conventional spin fishing sense. And then I can kind of walk you through how I came to discover fly fishing, obviously another fantastic form of fishing. So if I flash back many, many years to where I grew up in Springfield, Ohio, um, kind of a blue collar, middle class town, wasn't always a, a ton to do around there. And if I think back to elementary, middle school age, um, connected with like an older fella, uh, like a Bear Grylls type of guy in our <laughs> in our neighborhood, like a true outdoorsman. I don't know if he was five or six years older than me or what have you, but way, way into all things outdoor, particularly fishing. And he uh, let me borrow some of his gear. I think I might have eventually, you know, jumped into a Zebco 33 or some classic, you know, starting gear and we would go out and hit farm ponds and the uh the spring the springfield uh park lagoon and just you know a bunch of still water stuff around our our area and so that's kind of where i first you know came to fish we'd do stuff we'd night fish and um even the craziest of things i was thinking back on this before we connected uh this evening and and i don't know why this has burned into my brain but our golf course uh, was right along um, a stream or river of some kind at Springfield, and it would overflow with big rains every once in a while, and it would wash carp up into the golf course, like in the fairways. It would flood, you know, two, three, four feet deep. He would take me there, and we would run up and down uh, in just, you know, pair of shorts and bare feet. We'd run up and down the fairway, tackling and like hand grabbing and catching carp. <laughs> <laughs> and I cannot call that fishing by any means, but that's the, the kind of guy that, that he was. And, and so I think when I look back, he certainly exposed me to, to fishing. And so, you know, you get into your high school years, college for me and, and post, I ended up getting more into mountain biking and golfing and just, you know, messing around with friends, doing other non-fishing things for a whole bunch of years. So I kind of went away from fishing and, what happened early 2000s for me, uh, working with a couple of colleagues at the time out in Denver, Colorado. I'd moved after there, uh, out there after college, went to Indiana University. But uh, a couple of colleagues were real guru-level, avid fly fishermen. And I just started kind of hearing what they were doing on the weekends. I'd fish together. I'm like, guys, tell me more about this. I said, I think I've got a fishing itch I need to re-scratch here. And this fella, Dave McNeil's his name, and then John Meyer, these couple of guys just, you know, kept sharing little bits and pieces with me. Dave gave me some gear to borrow and sent me on my way with a couple of, uh, you know, basic flies and living out in Colorado, you know, so many different choices of, of where to go. And, 
you know, that was just kind of the nudge that I needed. And I've, I've always been kind of a DIY kind of figured things out myself initially and, you know, got out a few times and, uh, you know, caught a little something. I think I went up to some high alpine kind of stream where the fish were pretty unpressured, you know, some pretty straightforward fishing. And I think I came back from that and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, bought some of my own gears. That was back in the early two thousands, which now be about 20 years, uh, since I've been fly fishing. That's one of the, uh, you know, a little, little bit of the journey there. That's, that sounds like quite a journey. And I, I maybe throw a couple names at us that influenced you along the way. So if you had to look back and say, Hey, these, this person or these oh, people sure. really, really kind of yeah. dialed me in, who, who would you look to? Yeah. Well, that, uh, when I was, you know, younger, younger, uh, that fellow's name was Charlie McGowan. And frankly, I've, I've lost track of him, but he was that, I said that Bear Grylls kind of super, you know, gnarly outdoor guy that just was getting me exposed to all sorts of stuff. So I got to give some, you know, props out to him looking back on it. And then those two guys that I worked with in Denver, you know, early 2000s that really um, were both great fly fishermen in their own right, uh, Dave McNeil and then John Meyer, both of guys that I've touched base with a little bit over the years. I've moved back to Zionsville, as you mentioned, from Denver. But uh, those were the folks kind of responsible for getting me introduced to stuff and giving you a little bit of push and, you know, just even loaning gear and waders and boots before you make the plunge and, and buy some things, you know, which is what Dave McNeil did was influential, you know, kind of gets you over the hump. And then I think the other person who's ultimately my co-founder with Ketcha, Todd Settle, who is here in the Zionsville area with me, he really helped me figure things out and, and move, you know, from a bumbling novice to at least a notch or two up from there. Like he's a real patient teacher type of guy. And he would, you know, we'd go fishing at some different places together. And, and he really, I would say mentored or even coached me um, to kind of give me more confidence out there. And and so those, those set of three or four people were, I think, back kind of the most uh, influential folks for me. Good stuff. Be- before we get into your expert gurus that you've got providing knowledge on, on stream playbooks, um, kind of sure. taking fishing to another level, I want to get to know you and your background a little bit. You ready for a few uh, rapid fire questions? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's talk tunes. So you are driving to your favorite stream, creek, river, lake. What are you listening to? Yeah. Great question. Uh, I think you can tell a lot about a person from their, (laughs) from their tunes. I've always been all over the map, which, uh, which I enjoy all kinds of everything from hip hop to heavy metal. But when I get into that kind of fishing place which for me is my my getaway my, my escape i keep going back to like uh firing up you know bluegrass uh station on spotify and mm. uh, staying with that whether it's on my way to to the river and kind of depending on what mood i'm in sometimes i'm throwing the headphones in and you know playing some playing some tunes as i'm as i'm fishing out there but it's got to be something that kind of gives me a sense of like relaxation it's got a little outdoor feel to it but so i'd say bluegrass is where i've been of late on things that's some diverse music trampled trample, trampled with turtles how about that for trampled with turtles reference? i gotta look that trampled up. by trampled trampled by turtles they're, they're a bluegrass group actually out of colorado <laughs> good stuff one go-to fly pattern you cannot live without so more often than not dan if you're looking in that fly box what are you tying on yeah, well, being based here back in Indiana, you know, much of what I'm doing is uh, smallmouth uh, fishing. So for me, it's a lot of, uh, you know, top water, whether it's a boogle bug or a, a uh, you know, a double barrel or hopper or terrestrial. So that's kind of uh, 
maybe the place I'm in uh, right now. And then if I'm in a nymphin mode, it's, you know, a copper john, you know, pheasant tail, some of kind of your standard issue uh, nymphs. And of course, back here in Indiana, again, smallmouth oriented, the clouser, the clouser minnow as far as streamer is, is just to go to. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I'm rotating through, you know, depending on conditions most of the time these days. Is there a favorite place you go to get your fix on fly fishing? So when you're not, you know, throwing a line, uh, is there a coffee yeah. shop, a fly shop locally, uh, a pub, somewhere you go to get your fix on and talk fishing? Yeah, absolutely. And you're probably not going to believe this, but uh, in terms of my, my day job, uh, which is with a, uh, a digital water, a water tech company, which is based right here in Zionsville, where I live, literally across the parking lot from us is a fantastic fly shop. Uh, it's Moving Waters uh, Outfitters out of Zionsville. And I've just come to know those guys uh, over the years. So what I do literally... <laughs> When I've got a little, uh, you know, time over lunch, let's say I'm literally walking across the parking lot and picking those guys' brains and buying some flies and, you know, trying to support them how I can. Uh, but it's a fly shop for sure. And, and like I said, it's Moving Waters uh, Outfitters, which is owned by Mike Exel here in Zionsville. So a hop, skip, and a jump across the parking lot and you're and you're It's in, crazy. You're, yeah. You're knee deep. You couldn't you couldn't script it any better. And it's actually tough on the pocketbook, you know, cause I'm, you know, spending probably <laughs> 50 bucks a month in flies partly cause I lose them, but, uh, it's just too easy. <laughs> you probably have a tab there by now. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad way to go. I've tried to pack my lunch more so I can repurpose my lunch money toward, uh, you know, buying gear over there. Let, let's talk sports. No, so for sure. now we could go a few ways with this and just knowing a little bit about your background, are we talking Colts? Are we talking Broncos, Pacers, Nuggets, Avs? Where do you get your fix in sports? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've been fortunate in moving back to Indiana, boomeranging back here from Colorado now about 15 years ago. We caught the the heyday of the, you know, Peyton Manning and uh, Marvin Harrison, you know, just that fantastic run that the the Colts had. So that was a, a, been an easy uh, team to follow, you know, great group of players, great organization. So I'd say Colts for sure, like on the pro sports front, but mm-hmm. having gone to college at uh, Indiana university down in Bloomington, uh, it's all about the hoops down there. So definitely um, follow Indiana basketball and have forever and been some challenging years, probably the last, you know, decade or so versus the heyday. But uh, that's always a good, good follow for me on the sports front. You gotta be loyal. absolutely it's hard to even though i'm not from indiana you know from next door in ohio but this is such a basketball state especially at the collegiate level people love the pacers too but uh indiana basketball is is something something else it just kind of gets in your blood if you spend any time in the state yeah it makes perfect sense biggest lesson you've learned on your fly fishing journey thus far if you were to distill it down to a single takeaway i know that's not easy but what what comes to mind well, I think that's such a fundamental question. There's so many different, uh, I think, reasons or motivations people have that they're that they're drawn to the sport. But, you know, I know for me, especially as we're sitting here, kind of reflecting on it, it oh, it's the overall experience. And, and you know, tonight, you know, us chatting is a great example. The people you meet along the way is is as important, and I would even say for myself personally, more so than than catching fish. Um, catching fish is, is important and, and, and a fantastic feeling, but it's almost like this uh, cherry on a Sunday icing on a cake for the overall experience of anticipating where you're going to go and, you know, driving there if you're hiking in or camping and, 
you know, bumping into people on the water or, you know, meeting people like yourself or, you know, like Mike Exel from the fly shop. There's just, it's mm. just the whole, the, the whole of it, I think is probably what I've, what I've learned is, is to me the most important part, not just, you know, the outcome always. So. Yeah, that's well said. Fill in the blank for me. When I am not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? <laughs> well, I'd probably try to keep up with my oldest son on the mountain bike. So that's another, uh, you know, hobby for me, if you will, is, is mountain biking. And then uh, if I'm doing something, you know, on my own, I'm, you know, playing the guitar a little bit, hacking around on that. And then my wife and I actually enjoy kayaking together, especially with some of the local rivers around here. So I might be out with her on the kayak. So, you know, time with family first and foremost, and, and uh, maybe yeah. around to golf here and there with friends, but uh, try to keep it pretty tight with the family. Sounds pretty good. Best job you've ever had. Are you doing it now or is it something you've done in the past? Yeah, great question. Uh, I feel like I'm doing it now. Um, I've got a real diverse role with a, with a young, fast-growing company in, in, the, uh, in the water space where around water quality. And I feel like a, a company and, and, a, and a product and an offering that it means a lot in the world. We you know, ultimately protect public health. And you know, I get to do a mix of things here. And I've always been a bit of a, a mix of things kind of person professionally. So I, I I've been involved in product management and project and program management, and I get bits and pieces of all that here at our company. We're about four years into the into the journey, and so I feel like I'm doing it now. And, and frankly, most importantly, I'm doing it with the best group of people um, that I've you know worked around professionally, and I've just found I think that's so much of it as well. Yeah, so that's so true. You know, yeah, I find even if you look back in your career, you can be in jobs you don't even like, but if you're surrounded by good people. It changes everything. Amen. Amen, brother. It's uh, it's all about people, whether it's fly fishing or, or anything you're doing. And I think maybe, so, you know, a little bit older, the older you get, especially having kids and such, you kind of realize that, you know, at least for me, my, my view is it's, you know, life's about, you know, who you meet along the way and what you do for them and, and what you're doing with people. Hmm. Favorite fly fishing magazine. Is there a source you go to for your fly fishing news you want to share that maybe we can uh, pick up and have a look at? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I'm I'm frankly just now kind of making my way a little kind of deeper into to the industry. Um, I am such an avid podcast consumer uh, on many different fronts over the years. I've probably been, been been gleaning and gathering as much information through listening to your podcast. There's a few others out there. Um, yeah. You know, watching some different uh, series, you know, Orvis Fly Fishing um, uh, School or series on YouTube. So I think what's happened for me, I've become less of a online reader and more of a, uh, I don't know, just more auditory or visual, especially for fly fishing. I think that's how I learn better is to kind of see other people or kind of think or listen to how other people are describing it. So I'm probably more of a podcast than a YouTube reference now. Yeah, I'm I'm a total podcast junkie, Dan. Like I and it's I'm I totally so. diverse. I'm <laughs> I'm all over the map. Like, t- talk to me about other podcasts you like to listen to that aren't necessarily fly fishing. Is there any you'd recommend? Yeah, I enjoy um, just all sorts of things involving uh, startups and the, and the business culture uh, around that. Um, so you know, this mm-hmm. week in startups is a 
is a great example. Uh, startup stories, the pitch. I just am fascinated, and I've been involved in a number of different startups over the years, and Catch is no different, frankly. And I just am fascinated by the people, uh, like the motivations behind them, all of the ups and downs and ins and outs and lessons learned you know, along the way of, of like earlier stage companies and, and ventures. So yeah. um, definitely drawn to those kind of things. And then just been pleasantly surprised by um, – it's not like there's, to me, dozens and dozens of fly fishing podcasts. But the ones I've come across, yours being a perfect example – you know, just high quality, um, thoughtful folks that are, you know, drawing the person out, you know, through the interview. And so I'm, I'm getting hooked real quick on three or four different fly fishing podcasts. I can tell you that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I get that totally. And for me, that's the big thing is to get people, get people talking. That's why we're talking about what you like to do, where you like to go, where to get your fix in sport. Like for me, absolutely, fly fishing is part of the journey, but when you dig deeper, we always bring it back to the river. But uh, I, I just find it fascinating to get people's stories, and that's 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 what this show's about. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing yeah. yours. So why don't we dig into oh, your sure. to your business? Let's talk about Catcha. What what sure. made you start this? Like, what, did you wake up one morning and say, "Aha"? Or how did how did that go? <laughs> yeah, certainly wasn't a lightning bolt moment. I, I think that is. Uh, you know, a bit of a misnomer in the business world that somebody wakes up and they just have a bolt of lightning idea. Um, mine, frankly, is a classic story of creating something and ultimately a business around it to solve my own problem that I was having. So if I think back, you know, five or 10 years in my fly fishing journey, you know, when I was spending a bit more time, you know, digging around and picking around online, when I was trying to put together for me, knowledge about a certain fishery, you know, a place that I was trying to learn better, or I was going to go, I was just finding I'd have to go here, there and everywhere. And, 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 in an unconfident way, try to piece together a puzzle, like an informational puzzle, and just found that super frustrating. And at that same time, you know, the brain I was picking, I kept coming back to whether I was giving him a call or a text or, you know, stopping by his house as I was picking Todd Settle, my co-founder's brain, and it did strike me a bit as to, you know, what if I could just get inside his brain and kind of get him to, in a somewhat structured way, kind of codify that, you know, put that down, quote unquote, on paper in, the, in our format, mm -hmm. you know, online, um, that would solve my problem because you know, he's a trusted, you know, a true guru of a certain fishery, and there are several that I consider him a guru for. And he's a systems thinker, and so he's able to kind of break things down. And so it, that's you know, really the origin story of it is I've got this problem with with fragmented information here, there, and everywhere, and you know whether it's credible or not, and then how do I put it together? And then for me, I, I'm just speak from my speaking from my point of view. Um, uh, fly fishing to me is uh, personally is sort of this confidence game, and I tend to gain confidence through knowledge and preparation. And that's how I ultimately fly fish better. So when we kind of thought of what's the mission of what we're doing with Ketchup, which is helping people fly fish better, it was by tapping into this Todd Settles of the world, you know, uh, part-time, full-time guides or just incredibly experienced anglers on a certain fishery and getting that information, kind of unlocking it and, you know, bringing it out into the world, you know, uh, and, and that's kind of how we how the concept was born i guess you'd say you know what i love about like your business katcha is i find 
there's a lot of generalities in fly fishing. Like if I want to learn about uh, a certain area, you know, it may kind of skim the surface, but to really get to know a river, you've really got to spend a lot of time. And yeah. I think you really have a, a great idea. Like talk to us about this online stream playbook. Like, like yeah. what is it, what does it look like? Yeah. Uh, what kind of information is it bringing forward and, and kind of walk us through that? Absolutely. And I think you hit on the essence of, of what we're trying to do, which first and foremost, it's centered around a fishery. So a stream, a river, whatever it might be, it could be still water, but it's ultimately focused on the fishery, a place that you go to and you want to do better at, or a place that you want to go to and you're preparing to go to. So it's about the fishery first. And that's almost, I think it was like the organizing principle for the knowledge. And then from there, it's that classic rundown of the kind of things that I think any fly angler wants to know so they can have more success, which is where to fish it, how to fish it, when to fish it, um, and seasonal nuances, you know, key flies that work. So we are, to your point, specific to the fishery. And I would say if you would kind of peek inside of a playbook and each of the gurus have creative license to express themselves however they want. It's their playbook. You know, they're the star of the show. It's their content. But we kind of jumpstart them with a template that really just lays things out, you know, for folks, you know, versus here's a playbook on Euro nymphing. That's great mm. stuff. That's important. There's tremendous content out there in the world around that. That might be a nice link out from within the playbook when you dig down on a certain technique that works at a certain time of year or based on water conditions. So for us, I think you nailed uh, hit the nail on the head. It's about the fishery first, and then it's that really break breakdown. We think of it literally like a playbook. Like, go run this set of plays, and then I'll just kind of add that this is a – I'm – a, a bit of a systems thinker myself, just kind of being in the software and technology and, and business process space. Um, fly fishing to me is is absolutely art, but there is a real science to it, and it's an if this then that kind of a kind of a sport. You know, if water conditions and weather are this, then do this, and mm -hmm. that's my view of it. It's just you know my perspective. We've tried to personify that and bring that to bear, and what we're doing with Ketcha, but I, 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 I believe there's something there. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I find fascinating is, is in this modern techno technological age, there's a lot of information available and let's face it as fly fishers, we really, really like to do our homework. So if I'm going to hit a, a new system to me in Colorado, for instance, or say I want to hit the dream stream or say I want to, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. say I want to go to Pyramid Lake. But I want to hear somebody that knows that lake intimately, where to go, where are the shoals I want to target, what patterns do I want to use, what time of day do I want to be there. And like you say, uh, the seasons change so drastically on what we're fishing and, and, and how deep and the, 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 you know, where do you start with this? Like, do you have bathymetric maps of the lake involved in this or of the river or? Sure. Well, this is where... Uh the key is, is finding gurus that are, are really ready, willing, and able to express themselves like in a thoughtful way, because it, it's going to be their decision as to what 
they bring to the table. I'll take Todd, for example. As you might guess, Todd being the guru side of our founder, and I'm more of the classic angler <laughs> user side of the story. Um, he is an absolute expert, sought-after mind around the Brookville tailwater, which you know I think, and I think he'd agree, is the top uh, trout fishery here in Indiana. We've also got the Little Elkhart River up north, which is fantastic as well. But, um, you know, Todd put together just a fantastic uh, playbook, the Brookville Tailwater, and he just comes at it from those real pragmatic, straightforward angles. But then he goes in into depth and he gets into, you know, water conditions and seasonal nuances and, and a linkage out to um, uh, important information about the Army Corps of Engineers and their release schedule for water, which affects flows. So, um, you know, I think the... The key is finding a finding gurus that are able to organize their thoughts and are excited about doing that and really laying it out for somebody, which is why I think part or full-time guides are such, as you'd guess, you know, great candidates to be gurus because they're just schooled in like breaking things down uh, for folks and providing providing detail, but not maybe to the ends of the earth, you know, because you could write, you know, for days and days on certain topics, but that's uh, mm-hmm. the approach that we're taking. And we do try to make it uh, helpful for the guru. Like like I said, when they fire up a new playbook, we jumpstart them with what I would say our best practice or recommended set of sections for their playbook. And then they can uh, add to that or they can disregard. So we give them what we think is a good, like a chapter style outline, and then they can work right. from there. So if I'm sitting at home and I want to, uh, I want to sign up for Catch, I want to find out you know, some intimate knowledge from some, from the experts. What's sure. the best way to do that? Is it an app form or is it your dot com? How, how does somebody get sure. into that? Yeah. So uh, we're a website and, but in designing the website, we've made it what's called mobile responsive or mobile friendly. So all of the features and functions and information is accessible across any device. So it's not an app that you download from an app store, but it's a website, gocatcha.com, that you go to, whether you're on a phone or a tablet or laptop, desktop, et cetera. And ultimately, uh, you're able to go in, and we call it Shop for Stream Playbooks. And we've got them organized by you know, streams and states, and we ultimately will turn on a new stream as we find a guru to get it started. And you're able to go in and see uh, an outline of what's contained in that playbook and get introduced to the guru. And then, and this is key to our model, it's a subscription model and it's $20 per year per playbook. So you have the ability to in essence build out kind of at your leisure, a bit of a library of playbooks for frankly, you know, the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you know, for a playbook. I know a big part of your business plan is also giving back and i I noticed a a couple of uh great candidates that you are choosing to uh donate to why don't we talk about what you're uh, what you're planning on doing and giving back to the uh, fly fishing community yeah absolutely and i'm I'm, i'll be happy to to dig down there a little bit one thing i just wanted to circle back uh, on is part of our model and this is super, super important is that the guru receives, I talked about it's $20 per year per playbook. The guru receives 60% of that. 
So part of the motivation or part of the, the appeal, we think, to our model is, yes, knowledge sharing and building that next generation of, of anglers and bringing beginners and intermediates up a level or giving experts a, a knowledge edge on the water. But this is truly a passive income opportunity for the guru that we think is, is important and certainly an interesting angle. So I just want to make sure I, I shared mm-hmm. that part of what we're doing. Um, in regard to our gives back program, when Todd and I uh, formed the company, we just both felt it was important to us personally that we had a, what's oftentimes you know, referred to as like a conscious capitalism aspect to what we're doing. So uh, there's an org that um, he'd introduced me to and another friend did as well called Project Healing Waters, which just a fantastic mission. Again, a very unique uh, application therapeutically of uh, fly fishing to um, uh, to disabled, uh, whether it's physical or or mental, uh, struggling with mental uh, challenges, um, uh, veterans, and also what hit me personally is my wife um, had uh, is a sort of breast cancer survivor as of uh, a year ago. And mm-hmm. so I got to know Casting for Recovery uh, as an organization a little bit, and we recently added them to um, as a second organization. So we ultimately give 5% of our sales uh, to uh, these two organizations. And so that was just important to Todd and I and um, being impacted personally with my wife on cancer and then just believing uh, in the like what I've what I'll just call the therapeutic power of fly fishing that's project healing yeah. waters is applying and I'm in the midst of um, starting to um, to look at some actual volunteer opportunities for myself with project healing waters here with their local chapter so well those are two amazing amazing uh, organizations I actually had uh, Dana chambers on from uh, casting for recovery. And then uh, and we've talked so much about Project Healing Waters, the good things they're up to. Good for you. I, I love hearing yeah. backstories like that because I think sure. that makes people just even happier to support the cause, let alone, you know, you not only are getting some, you know, amazingly valuable information, but to uh, to help the uh, fly fishing community, I think it's pretty cool. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I just, um, I've also worked today at a company that's uh, ultimately, yes, a for-profit business, um, but impacting and protecting public health if you think about water quality. So these things just kind of get burned into you. They become part of your um, ideals. And then you try to bring any, you try to bring your whole self into a business you're founding or, or you know, executive ad and trying to move forward. And so just want to continue that with Catch as well. I don't see any limit on how big this network can be like your your stream playbooks like sky's the limit yeah appreciate you saying that um while we've started initially and i'd say more organically we really just launched in in a in earnest in a formal way just you know three four months ago you know here in indiana but a fishery is a fishery and i absolutely believe there's not just one but but multiple if not many gurus for for every you know any given fly fishery here in the U.S. or in Canada or over time, other parts of the world. And I think you know this, just if you think about the power of podcasts and what technology allows your reach to be, um, we've got a a technology platform that we've built that is uh, infinitely scalable, you know, a playbook's bits and bytes. And (laughs) we Mm -hmm. we can handle as many gurus as we can find and as many anglers as as would would come to, to, to bear as well. So... You're right. I absolutely believe that. I hope you're right. We're looking forward to, to doing as much of this as we can, because when you think about it, the I guess when, when I kind of put my head down on the pillow each night, I picture 
X number of people that might be digging into a playbook as they get ready for their next outing, whether I, Dan, know them or not. You know, you get to a certain size where you're not going to know all your users. That's just a cool feeling. And that's kind of mm-hmm. part of my ongoing motivation. Let me ask you this, Dan. How do you decide where you want to go next? Like, do you find the guru first and say, hey, tell us your intimate knowledge on this system? Or, or are you sure. looking at well-known systems that you think might conjure up the most, the yeah. most views, the most interest? Yeah, great question. And the answer is it's a combination. And so I'd say we have some intentionality with the, uh, the fly fisheries that we've got on our radar, if you think about kind of working for us from our roots here in Indiana, you know, outward. But absolutely, what I like about our model is that it can also just be organic and natural. You know, let's say that you happen to network or connect us to a fantastic guru on a, you know, a stream out in, uh, you know, the, the inner area of BC where you are or in Washington State or wherever it might be. We can spin up a stream uh, as soon as we find a guru. So I'd say we have some intentionality to what we're doing, but it's not exclusively that way. To me, in the end, it's all about the gurus. They're the star of the show. You know, they're the one providing the compelling and, and, and useful knowledge. And of course, the anglers are are important to all this as well. So we're we're going to follow the gurus in the end. So I, I'm on on a I'm on a uh, you know a nationwide hunt and call out for for gurus who might be interested in this uh, anywhere they might be. Well, I, I guarantee you there's a lot of people I've had on this podcast that would be very much interested in that. I just think it's a great idea. And the yeah, fact that you're, that. The, you're the conduit for it, right? That's like me with this podcast. It's not about me. It's about you and what you're doing and the guests and that interaction. And that's what I love about podcasting in general. And and I think it sounds like your business plan, too. It's like it's going to be a, it's going to be a highway of information, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I, I've been, in, as I mentioned, involved in technology uh, for a long, long time. And I think uh, ultimately on the whole, technology <clears throat> does good in the world. I think technology, um, you know, it also can can cause other issues or challenges. So when I step back and look at Catch as ultimately a digital or a technology platform that's a knowledge marketplace, we're simply enabling um, really connections in a, around knowledge of a fishery, like in a new way. And um, that feels good. That feels like a good use of technology. And that's just important to me because I think technology can, can also be misused. So we're, we're trying to uh, take advantage of, of all the, the positive power of technology. Yeah, for sure. So let's head back to the water and your experience for a little bit. Um, sure. We'll come full circle on this, if you will. I always like to um, ask my guests to take us through your ideal day. So, Dan, if you're headed out, uh, whether it's in, you know, Indiana or wherever you're headed fishing, describe your dream day. What's your perfect day look like? What are you chasing? What are you throwing? Yeah, uh, walk absolutely. us through that. Yeah, and I can probably answer it in two ways. I can give you that maybe ideal Indiana day, and then I'll kind of flash back what you know would have been, and maybe again in the future would be an ideal Colorado day. But you know, here in Indiana, um, I actually uh, love uh, catching things uh, in the evening. So I live pretty close to a world-class uh, smallmouth uh, fishery here called Sugar Creek. And, you know, literally it could be the end of a work day or, you know, an evening on the weekend as I'll, you know, hop in the car and drive by myself over there 30 minutes or so and, and maybe uh, tuck a beer in the, uh, in the, um, 
the sling pack and, you know, go out and, and throw whatever might be working and, you know, fish till nine at night as, as the th- sun's going down. We tend to have a pretty good evening bite uh, around here. At least that's what I've experienced. So that's, you know, that's, that's goodness for me here in Indiana. And then Colorado, if I flash back to those early days, honestly, one of the first, and I just maybe got lucky or got some good advice from that, that fellow I talked about, Dave McNeil, is actually the first place that I think I went out in any formal way to, to fish, to me to this day, would be like the perfect day where... You know, I got my Jeep back in the day in Colorado and I drove down maybe four or five hours to Southwest Colorado down to the San Juan Mountains down there in the Durango area, Uray, just a fantastic, extra gorgeous part of, of the state. You know, car camped up in just this lush, beautiful valley in the San Juans to, uh, you know, ultimately um, you know, basically a, uh, you know, mountain, mountain fed Creek down through the Valley, you know, highly unpressured and through dry flies and, and caught, you know, a handful of, uh, you know, small, you know, brook trout and whatever it was back in the day, but, you know, camping nearby, getting up early, probably taking a break in the afternoon then coming back out and, and fish in the evening and, then, you know, going back to camp and frankly, not seeing anybody all day and wading around. I tend to be more of a small to medium water guy. Definitely prefer wading. Uh, just kind of gives me a little bit more connection, you know, to what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. I'd say, I don't know what you call, I guess you'd call that sort of highish, you know, alpine kind of small stream, meadow style, meandering stream, you know, good access and, you know, fish yeah. that are fish that are hungry and don't see a lot of pressure. <laughs> You're talking that, about that, yeah, that language, helps. That sir. helps a guy like me. I'm your classic, you know, intermediate. I'd say at this point, so I need all the help I can get. Well, those fish are also so beautiful. Usually, you yeah. know, those high alpine little yeah. creek streams. No doubt, no doubt. And willing, willing to take a dry. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, especially willing to take my, perhaps you know, poorly presented dry. Do you do any tying yourself at all, Dan? So I do not. I do not. Um, as I've kind of dove more into, frankly, the industry here, particularly in recent months, especially through Instagram, seeing just unbelievable tying talent out there and, and, you know, try to buy as many flies as I can, uh, from, you know, shops and, and even, you know, individual tires here and there, but I just haven't gone there yet. And I think, uh, it's intriguing to me. Um, but I think at least where I, I am, I'm at personally, I, I think I, I personally probably trade time on the water versus time at the vice from, you know, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I I totally understand what you're saying. It's there. an amazing skill, though. I mean, it is an absolute. It's it's like an art form. I mean, it's it's fantastic. I think too. It depends a lot of where you're at. So, like, I know for me that we're fairly far north here. So in the winter, I can't go fly fishing. So not mm. really. So that's yeah. when the time gets done. Or if you got a big got trip it. coming up, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it gets you ready. It gets you mentally prepared to hit the water. But I, I get what you're saying. No it's, there's no substitute for the water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, now I've got a couple of, of friends that, that tie more just in, in a hobby sense. And they tell me they find it just as relaxing as literally anything they do in their life. I mean, I think they just get in the zone and just their mind turns off, which that's personally what I find from fly fishing is it's this, for me, it's this relaxed, intense concentration where I can turn my at times overly active mind off. And so I think that folks mm-hmm. that tie make may get that same satisfaction uh, from it as well. 
Yeah, that's that's very well put. I, I want to ask you a, a philosophical type question. Is there anything you think as a group we could be doing better? Well, in the in the fly fishing industry or kind of space at, at large, and I, I'm getting a good taste that that the industry is doing a good job of this is, you know, just being welcoming to folks that are newer, whether it's to the industry that maybe have been fishing for a while, but are maybe delving deeper into the industry. Now I'm certainly feeling welcomed, which is great. So I think that's important to, to continue. And then I just think for more say on the angler side, just anything that we can do together individually, et cetera, as an industry to like demystify uh, fly fishing, I think, is is super important because what I found, just even showing my younger son over the years how to fly fish and showing a few other people, not that I'm any sort of a expert, you know, myself, but, you know, just, uh, you know, waving, <laughs> waving the fly rod around and just kind of getting some casting motion, it is not difficult. Um, there's aspects of it as you get kind of more into the depth and detail of it, certainly, you know, different types of casting and presentation that, you know, that truly are like next level, but just kind of breaking the seal and getting folks introduced to it and, and making it just seem accessible, I think is something that um, I personally think is important, especially to think about the future of the sport and how do we keep growing it. I think you bring new people into it, you bring younger people into it. And part of that, I think, is is what I call demystifying it, where it's, it's it's just another form of fishing and you don't have to be um you know some olympically coordinated athlete to be a <laughs> successful flycaster is that's my take on it i'm i'm proof of that i that's, that's, <laughs> i think i, I like too. i like the way you verbalize that because um there's a lot of truth in that i think i think you know out, people outside of fly fishing probably look at it and say, well, that looks difficult or that. And I think there's been a certain, you know, people that if you don't do it, you don't get it. But once you do it, like you say, it's it's not really that hard. I mean, yes, you never stop learning. There's, there's a million yeah. things to learn, and that's the great thing yeah. about it. But all it takes is that one first cast or that one first outing, and, and you can truly uh, dig in for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like it's a... It's a sport that has these fundamentals that are relatively simple and they build upon themselves. So it's kind of like a stacking effect. You know, so if you get those good fundamentals down, then uh, you start to build your confidence. You know, a, a, a rather simple, you know, pickup lay down cast or even a roll cast is a relatively straightforward thing to show somebody. And at least I did this with my younger son to kind of get him going a handful of years ago. And he really took to it. We just went to some local uh, you know, Stillwater kind of, uh, you know, neighborhood pond and just where there wasn't so many things going on with moving water and just kind of got him comfortable, you know, flipping things around where you couldn't get into too much trouble. And then he was able to take those fundamentals and, you know, take it over with me to, you know, some more moving water and, and have some success. And I'll tell you this, I just see this um, almost, I'd say, well, I'm going to say monthly, they may do it even more frequently, but moving water outfitters here locally in Zionsville, they're doing a great job with these free fly fishing 101 classes. And these guys mm -hmm. are like the most patient teaching group over there. And I think that's key. It's just more and more places to come out or for an hour or two, or I think they may even do it a little bit longer is, is, um, just a really accessible, like comfortable fly fishing 101 type offerings from, uh, from fly shops, I think personally is, is a great offering. Yeah. 
no no stupid questions you know and and no they'll get out on that uh ball diamond or 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 football field and, and where there's no nothing can inhibit your cast because i know I, I remember when i started and then you start out in a small creek and you're trying to <laughs> yeah. it's overgrown yeah. and you're hanging up in the shrubs and yeah um, well said figure the cast out first find an open space and uh and then and just then, build build on it from then and and yeah. then once you once you figure out the roll cast and the uh you know the little kind of flip cast then you then you can actually approach maybe some you know more covered or treed up water and and have a good time that's a great point is just to set yourself up just for some quick easy early wins would be one way to think about it and then you can kind of take off from there well, Dan, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I want, I want to get make sure we get all your social media and where folks can find you at Catcha, sure. uh, your online stream playbooks. Um, where Absolutely. do we find you? Yeah, no doubt. So we are gocatcha.com. So geocatcha.com. And then Instagram at gocatcha. And also on Twitter at uh, go catch and uh whether it's from the website um try to make myself super accessible or direct message through instagram or twitter uh should be pretty easy to find through email phone text etc and uh, welcome anglers out there that may have any questions about what we're doing and of course we're open arms and you know a full-on uh default day-to-day call out for gurus anywhere and everywhere would love to to hear from you and have a chance to kind of share more about what we're doing. And it's just been a real, real pleasure. And I appreciate, uh, again, being relatively new to the industry, the chance to come on and visit with somebody who's uh, a veteran in the industry like you are and has a great podcast that's been moving forward. Well, Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Love what you're doing. Based Thank out you. of uh, Zionsville, Indiana, yourself you and Todd. You've been listening to a chat with Dan Moyers of GoCatcha.com. Catcha, check them out. Get some local guru knowledge on the water system you're looking for. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by TheFlyCrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.